Hello and welcome to the all new Britsburg Britcast, your Britsburg podcast from Voice from Across the Pond with me, your host, Britsburg Owen, speaking to you here in the UK. Guys, I am aiming to put together a podcast at least three times a week to bring out to you to talk about all the Steelers news to go into things in a little bit more depth. Uh, hopefully have some guests on at some point as well to talk about the latest Pittsburgh Steelers goings on and well, the comings and goings on. So guys, we are currently on the 22nd of July, and hasn't this year just sped by? It doesn't seem five minutes since that awful day at Arrowhead Stadium when the Steelers were pretty much shellacked by the Kansas City Chiefs for the second time in the 2021 season, in what proved to be Ben Roethlisberger's final ever game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's what we're going to start off talking about today, is Ben Roethlisberger. Now... Training camp opens very, very soon, doesn't it, for the Pittsburgh Steelers? It opens on the 27th of July, and finally the Steelers are returning to St. Vincent College in La Trobe for the first time in three years after the COVID pandemic obviously prevented them from doing so. For many draftees and many free agent signings, this is the first time at La Trobe for them, the first time experiencing the dorm life of La Trobe, experiencing the... supposedly very hot days of Latrobe, the camp hot camp days I think it was that Troy Palomalu termed it in his um Hall of Fame acceptance speech last year. Latrobe is something that is sort of ingrained in Steelers, isn't it? It's sort of central to the Pittsburgh Steelers spirit. And those of you who caught the video on Steelers.com the other day of Mike Tomlin talking about Latrobe and the chills that he gets walking down that hill towards that field where Going back to you know the Chuck Noll days when Chuck Noll and the great Steelers of the seventies like Mean Joe Green, like Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, like Andy, like Randy Russell, like Lynn Swan, like John Stallworth, Terry Bradshaw, Mike Webster, guys that I could go on for the entire episode just about the names from that seventies team where they competed, where Bill Cower. And his Steelers uh, went and went training camp battles, went preparation for the new season. And now, obviously, for the last 15 years, bar two or three of them, Mike Tomlin has been there with his Steelers. And he spoke about what the trope means to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, it is a massive part of our Steelers tradition. And I really feel that it was something that was missing from last season. It's a bonding experience, a band of brothers, isn't it? And that's what the trope is. It's a real band of brothers. And it brings the Steelers together as a team, as a unit. The Steelers are, I think, quite unlike any franchise in the NFL anyway, because of the fact that being part of Steeler Nation, being a Pittsburgh Steeler, is kind of like being a part of a family anyway. The 53 men on the roster, plus the coaching staff and the front office staff and the Rooney family, support one another like a family. The Steelers... Franchise is more like a family than a sports team. And I think Latrobe is part of that bonding experience. And that is something that's been missing for the last few years. You know, people like Chase Claypool have, have undergone criticism, haven't they, for the, some of their antics in recent years, their TikTok antics. Juju Smith-Schuster, I know he has been to Latrobe, but he hasn't had that in his last few years at, with the Steelers. And then went a lot of criticism for their antics, their selfish, supposed selfishness, and some of the some of the things that obviously Chase did last season were particularly silly, you know, like the gesturing of the first down against Minnesota, some of the penalties that he gave away as well. And perhaps not being part of that Latrobe experience, that bonding family experience, is something that, that I think maybe would have knocked it out of Chase and you know made Chase realise what it is to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. You know, as Troy Palomalu said in, in his speech on the Hall of Fame. Um, 
last year, he said that, you know, that this is still a tradition, that, you know, you train your replacements, you you stand up, you, you protect your brother, even from from himself. You don't allow anyone to desecrate the black and gold suit of armour, least of all yourself. And I think that summarises, you know, being a stealer is something to be proud of. Being a stealer is being part of a family, a black and gold family. And for the last 18 years, one of the leaders of our black and gold family has been number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, it's going to be the first season in 18 years where we don't hear, and your quarterback from Miami of Ohio, Ben Roethlisberger, running out the field at the stadium formerly known as Heinz Field. A massive change for a franchise, losing someone who was such a fundamental part of the team, of the franchise, of Pittsburgh. You know, a blue-collar quarterback for a blue-collar city. That's what Ben was. And like I said, for the first time in 18 years, we are not going to have number seven out there on the training field at the Trobe or on the field for game time in week one against those Cincinnati Bungles. It's a massive thing, huge. And it's down to obviously Kenny Pickett, to Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, whoever to replace come in and replace Ben as best as they can. Now, there's some interesting news this week as regards Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger was speaking to Ron Cook of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about his retirement, about his last years with the Steelers, about a number of topics. You know, what was nice was he spoke about how much he was enjoying doing dad things. And he said he was more like an Uber than a dad, you know, ferrying his kids here, there and everywhere to golf camps and training practices for different sports and different activities. And that he was doing things that he hadn't done for the last 18 years. You know, for the last 18 years, he'd been into, obviously, it'd been all about working out, about getting ready for the season and then going to training camp and then going to games and then going to training day in, day out. Not about doing those dad things that, you know, that those of us who are dads, you know, the things that we do for our children, the fact that, you know, we take them shopping, we take them to after school events, we go to school events with them, we we take them to sports events. We are like a taxi service at times for our children. And Ben spoke very eloquently, didn't he? Those of you who read the article about that and, and talking about how much he loved that dad things that he was now able to do now he was not a Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. But there were some more, inf- more interesting revelations came out of that interview with Ron Cook. Ben Roethlisberger, obviously in 2019, uh, blew up his elbow against the Seattle Seahawks and did not take part in another game that season. And it was down to obviously the reindeer and the duck. But after that year, many felt that it was time for Ben to move on. Time for Ben to retire, that perhaps he should not return from that elbow injury and that the Steelers should look elsewhere for their starting quarterback. But obviously Ben returned in 2020 and he started the season so fundamentally well in 2020, taking the Steelers to an 11-0 record before it all seemingly fell apart for the season, that season finishing 12-4 and and then losing quite unceremoniously in the first round of the playoffs at Heinz Field to the Cleveland Browns in a pretty awful fashion. Few of us can forget that that's that moment of Ben sat on the bench alone, initially crying, obviously realising that this could be the end. This could be the end of his career. This That was obviously the end of his contract. And he didn't know what was going to happen in 2021, whether he would be able to be returned, whether he would be re-signed by the franchise. And I think, you know, it was a sense of despair for him to think that he was going out like that. He was then joined by his good friend Marquise Pouncey, who was retiring after that game. And that was the end of Marquise Pouncey's horse-studded career for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That that was the way it all ended. Ended in that ignominious defeat to Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Clowns. But Ben obviously returned for the 2021 season. 
And it was felt by some that he shouldn't have returned for that 2021 season, while many of us love Ben. I mean, we just got a look at what Ben did in his time with the Steelers. 41 regular season comebacks, 53 game-winning regular season drives. I think there's only Tom Brady has more regular season game-winning drives than him. Three postseason fourth-quarter comebacks, four postseason game-winning drives. A set of statistics quite like any others. He holds passing records, he holds completion records, touchdown records for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then there's always going to be an argument, isn't there, about Ben v. Ben v. Um, Terry Bradshaw, who is, the, who is the greatest quarterback in Steelers history. And I think, you know, those of us who have grown up primarily watching Ben think it's Ben. And those of you who grew up watching Terry think it's Terry. And I think it's a very different, I think it's a very, very hard thing to compare. Ben Roethlisberger and Terry Bradshaw. They played in different eras. They played in vastly different eras, didn't they? They played in an era when... I mean, Terry Bradshaw played an era when there was no such thing as salary caps and free agency, and the Steelers were able to retain Franco Harris, Rocky Blyer, Frenchie Fuqua, John Stallworth, um, Lynn Swan, all those weapons that he had on offense, plus that awesome defense that they were able to, re- you know, the, the Steel Curtain, you know, Joe Green, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, L.C. Greenwood, Mad Dog, all those players, Ernie Holmes, all those players, Donny Shell, Mel Bullen, they were, they were able to return that these days would just not be possible. Ben lived in an era when and played in an era when there was such a thing as free agency and keeping hold of players for multiple years was something that was, was made virtually impossible by the salary cap. The more successful players were, the more they wanted paying. The higher they wanted paying, the less likely you had to get in that, so many talented players under that salary cap. So it's a very vastly different era, isn't it? Vastly different era from Ben to Bradshaw. And obviously, you know, you look at his statistics and, you know, 2020, 2021, his, you know, his completion percentage is, well, it isn't too bad, you know, 65.6% in 2020, 64.5% in 2021. You know, the same sort of times that he was getting, if you look back to sort of 2008, when when Super Bowl champions, 59.9%, 2005, 62.7%. You know, his highest in his career was, was 67.1% in 2014. Um, you know, yards-wise, 2018, he flew for over 5,000 yards. Okay, his yards productions in 2020 and 2021 were down, 3,803 in 2020 and 3,740 in 2021. But 2020 and 2021, Ben, obviously are vastly different to what was the original Ben Roethlisberger. The ability to run around, the ability to get free, the ability to extend plays. Very much in the same way that Rogers does, Mahomes does these days. But back to the story, this Ron Cook story. Ben says in you know quite stark terms that in 2021 that Kevin Colbert really did not want Ben Roethlisberger back at the Pittsburgh Steelers. He didn't want Ben to return to be a Steeler in 2021. He he was un- he's under the impression that Kevin Colbert wanted to start the rebuild of the franchise with a new franchise quarterback back in 2020 that this at the end of 2020 season so 2021 he did not want to have a new contract given to Ben Roethlisberger it was felt by Ben that Kevin Colbert thought that Ben should retire at the end of that 2020 season but Ben didn't want to go out like that why would Ben want to go out on a playoff defeat like that against Cleveland in such an ignominious fashion you know Ben would want to return and I think you know, that was something that, that Kevin Colbert would have been up against, that desire for Ben to return. 
there would have been an interesting reaction from Steeler Nation had it been announced that Kevin Colbert was going to say that they weren't offering Ben Co- Ben Roethlisberger a new a new deal. Also, you know, would he have got it past Art Rooney? Art Rooney II, who is, I think, was we know, a Ben Roethlisberger fan. Something, you know, that he stood, that the Rooney family stood by Ben in those early difficult days when Ben went through those allegations and those difficult times. The Rooney family love Ben. And I think whilst Ben wants to return and Ben wants to play, the Rooney family are going to drive for that. I think that's something Calvin Colbert would have come up against. He said that Mike Tomlin was a little ready to move on, so not 100% ready to move on, was happy either way whether Ben returned or did not return. And he said that Mr Rooney wanted him back. And I think that was one of the deciding factors for Ben, that he knew that Mr Rooney wanted him back. He said that he felt that Mr Rooney wanted him back for that final season so that Ben could go out on his terms rather than under someone else's terms. You know, obviously Kevin Colbert identified the new quarterback this year in Kenny Pickett. He was the man who decided who the Steelers would move have as their possible next franchise quarterback. He was also, you know, very much behind the signing of Mitch Trubisky as well. But it would have been interesting, wouldn't it? Had Ben not come back for the 2021 season, what would Colbert have done in last year's draft? Would he have pushed hard to get someone like Justin Fields, for example, who who Mike Tomlin seemingly had a real interest in in last year's um, sort of scouting procedure before the draft? You know, Ben's always said, and I think Ben reiterated this in this interview with, with, with Ron Cook, that he wanted to depart on his terms, to end his career the way he wanted to, to go out like he wanted to. And I think it's quite fitting, really, that Ben had that final season, didn't he, in, in 2021, where he was able to end the season with that final home game at Heinz Field against the Cleveland Browns, which was so emotional and so amazing, you know, to see the the... Steelers finally, you know, to sweep the Browns again for the defence to humiliate Baker Mayfield and for Ben to hear and take in that atmosphere at Heinz Field with the thank you Ben and the let's go Ben chants and, and the way that it all ended when he was sat on the bench in victory rather than in sadness and having his family there with him and, and walking off the field with his with his wife and children, that emotional end for Ben and that was a more fitting end for someone who'd served the franchise for 18 years rather than the ignominy of sitting on that bench um, in tears against the Cleveland Browns after that playoff defeat. Obviously, you know, since um, retirement, Ben has stayed in touch with the franchise. He stayed in touch with Kenny and Mitch. Rather interestingly, didn't mention staying in touch with Mason. Um, but this is a really interesting article, isn't it? Interesting that obviously that Ben is saying that Kevin Colbert didn't want him back, that it was the deciding factor was him wanting to go out on his terms. And on the fact that, you know, he knew that Coach Tomlin wasn't, you know, particularly behind Col- what Colbert, wasn't particularly behind Rooney and was quite happy either way with having Ben or not having Ben back in 2021. You know, there was never a chance really that once Ben decided that he was going to return, in the 2021 season, that he was ever ne- not going to be allowed to complete that season. And I know that last season, Ben was not the same Ben that we that we all remember as Steeler fans. And I think, you know, we think back to what we got in that draft in 2004. In terms of raw talent, I'm talking now, raw talent, I think we got probably one of the greatest quarterbacks ever in NFL history. I put him up there as better than Brady in terms of raw talent. I'm not saying he's better than Brady for the full body of work, but in terms of raw talent, he was better than Brady. His mobility, his his art, his cannon arm, 
you know, the Ben of the past, those memories of Ben taking off and running, the, you know, of him shrugging off defenders who were trying to pull him down, of him rolling defenders over his back, of him cannoning balls down the field to the likes of Mike Wallace, to the likes of Antonio Brown, throwing over the middle to Heath, Heath Miller. Those fantastic memories that we have of Ben are more what, what Ben was. There was never a chance last season, really, that, that Ben was going to live up to those expectations, you know, his legs had gone. I don't think his arm had gone as bad as a lot of people made out. It was more his legs and his mobility. And that was something that Ben always depended on, was his mobility, his ability to get away from pressure, to shrug off pressure. And that was something he perhaps did not have last season. But there was never a chance that he was going to be benched for Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. I think you look at the team last year that finished 9-7-1, and ask yourself this question. If Mason Rudolph had been the quarterback last season... Would the Steelers have done as well as 9-7-1? On if Dwayne Haskins had been the quarterback last season, God rest his soul, Dwayne Haskins, would they have been 9-7-1? and one? Ben was able to engineer fourth quarter comebacks. He was able to bring us back from the brink so many times. I mean, you look at that San Diego, uh, sorry, Los Angeles Chargers game. Yes, I know they lost that game in the end. And the Minnesota game they lost in the end. But... Would Mason or Dwayne Haskins have been able to drag us back into contention the same way that Ben Roethlisberger dragged that Steelers team back from all, from virtual death to being alive again and fighting to almost win both those games? Would anyone else have been able to do that in the same way that Ben did? I very much doubt it. Ben suffered last season, I think, from a number of things. One, that his legs had gone. Second, that he was playing behind an awful, awful offensive line. And that third, that him and the Matt Canada system were never going to gel. That that was not Ben's way. Well, not at that stage in his career anyway. And Ben was left obviously drop plays in the dirt like nobody else could. And he was the man who kind of dragged the Steelers to the playoffs, kicking and screaming to the playoffs, along with obviously I give a lot of coach to, credit to Coach Tomlin for that as well. But it's interesting, isn't it, that in these times that we, we hear these things now that, you know, that, Kevin Colbert didn't want him to throw him. Would that have come out still if Colbert had still been the GM of the Steelers? I very much doubt it. You know, Ben is still in contact with the Steelers, and we thank God that Ben is still in contact with the Steelers, and I hope that he still you know, turns up at games this year and he's still very much fundamentally part of the Pittsburgh Steelers this coming season. He, he's been a massive part. And I think his, his input can really help Kenny and Mitch this coming season to go on and do really well. But an interesting story nonetheless from Ron Cook of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that they said that, you know, saying that Ben knew that he, he it was not a unanimous thing, that he, he wasn't really 100% wanted back in 2021. But it was good that he came back and it was good that he went out on his terms. And I, I think that with that roster, with that team last year, he did the best job he could with the tools he had at his hands. You know, 2.2 seconds on average to release the ball because he knew that if he held it for any longer, he would get nailed by someone coming through that porous offensive line. You know, we, we, we were very, very, very lucky as a franchise that we've had Ben Roethlisberger for the last 18 years. And I am obviously very excited and very nervous about the future as to who will be the QB1 for the forthcoming 2022 season. But, you know, it is going to be a big miss, isn't it? Not hearing that. And your quarterback from Miami of Ohio, Ben Roethlisberger. That's going to be a big thing that we miss this coming season. So, guys, that's the first thing I really wanted to talk about um, on the Britcast this week was the, you know, the Ben Holt, Ben Roethlisberger situation. And, and, and 
and what he obviously meant. And I am a massive Ben Roethlisberger. I love Ben to pieces. And, and I, in my opinion, he was the greatest quarterback in franchise history. But like I said, that's down to the fact that I grew up watching Ben, not watching Terry Bradshaw. And my experience of watching Terry Bradshaw is very much watching film of Terry Bradshaw. So another news as, as well this week, obviously, was the story about Larry Ogunjobi. Now, Larry Ogunjobi um, is someone who the Steelers have signed as a defensive lineman to replace the now-retired Stefan Tuitt. You know, Larry Ogunjobi started his career with the Cleveland Browns. He's also played for the Cincinnati Bengals. It has been joked that he only now needs to play for the Baltimore Ravens to complete the set. And he's then played for all the teams in the AFC North, which is pretty, you know, in incredible thing to have. But if we think about the Larry Ogunjobi, Larry Ogunjobi and what our memories of Ogunjobi before he became a Pittsburgh Steeler, we think back to that incident, don't we, with Miles Garrett. We think back to the when he blindsided Mason Rudolph. And there was some concern amongst Steelers insiders and Steelers analysts and Steelers fans that that incident could very much cloud the relationship between Ogunjobi and the 2022 Steelers. Yes, there are, there are very few Steelers left on the roster from that game that day. You know, Mason, obviously Cam, another one. Uh, obviously Marquise Pouncey's gone, DeCastro's gone, Fernando Maver's gone. But there are very few left. But it was felt that, you know, that, the fact that Cam was still there, the fact that Mason was still there, there could be some bad blood between Ogunjobi and some of those Steelers, given what happened in the past. It's interesting that Cam reached out to Larry Ogunjobi in a phone call, and he said that, you know, that as far as he was concerned, that was incident was in the past, uh, that he didn't really, he wasn't bothered about that, that bygones were bygones, he was ready to move on. Cam, again, doing what Cam does. Cam was putting the team before himself, before any of his own feelings. Interestingly enough as well, that, that Mason Rudolph actually called Larry Ogunjobi and spoke to him and, and they put to bear any any sort of bad blood there had been but would be or, ha or possibly could be between Mason Rudolph and Larry Ogunjobi. You know, Ogunjobi is an exciting signing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had a career year with Cincinnati uh, last year before his Liz Frank injury to his foot. And it's we felt and hoped that if Ogunjobi can bring some of what he was shown before that injury to the Steelers this coming season, he is going to be a fantastic part of that defensive line. And it is even it's even more vital, I think, that Ogunjobi brings that type of game to the Steelers off a defensive line this coming season because of the fact that the Steelers obviously had a very poor run defence last year. It's to be hoped that obviously with the return of Tyson Aloalo and obviously to have Kevin Cam Hayward still there, who was absolutely unbelievable last season, had a real, real career year. But having Cam, having Tyson and having Ogunjobi there really does form a really solid defensive line that will enable the Steelers to get back to where they do, should be in terms of stopping the run. Last year, the Steelers gave up about 145 yards per carry, 145 yards per game last season. Not, not per carry, that'd be really bad, wouldn't it? And also the field's only 100 yards long, so that wouldn't be possible. Stupid me. But... 145 yards per game, which is very un-Steelers-like. And it's to be hoped that obviously having Ogunjobi there will enable also the Steelers to keep that second level clear. It was felt that part of why, not the sole reason, but one of the reasons why Bush and Schobert struggled last year was the inability of the defensive line during run plays to keep that second level clean. And the offensive line of the opposition were very, very... Um, often and very very readily getting to that second level, leaving Bush and Schobert to fight offensive linemen, a battle they would never win because of the physicality of an offensive lineman against those smaller linebackers. 
So obviously we hope now that Ogunjobi is part of that line along with whether that be Isaiah Ladamil, Chris Wormley, whoever else plays in that spot at on the left side of defensive end position, you know, brings physicality that helps stop the run and helps the Steelers become much more effective as run stuffers and run stoppers and also enables them to keep Bush and now Miles Jack clean to go and do what they can do. Certainly, you know, if Ogunjobi comes in and lives up to what we know of him and how he played last year in Cincinnati, then we are going to have a very awesome, very scary front seven of, if you think about it, Cam, Tyson and Ogunjobi, backed up by Alex Highsmith, who I think will have a career year this year, Miles Jack, who I'm psyched to see, Devon Bush and the Defensive Player of the Year, a million times better than Miles Garrett, no matter what Madden says, TJ Watt. So, guys, what do you think? What do you think, guys? Let me know what you think. Um, obviously, there is a number of ways to get in contact with me and to to find out a little bit more about Britsburg going. That's either through my email or through YouTube or through Twitter or through Facebook or through Instagram, all platforms that I am available on. So, guys, if you want got content you want me to cover or questions you want to ask or, or, or you know, any feedback you want to give, then my email address is odpukstealernation78 at gmail.com. On YouTube, you find me here at Britsburg Going, guys. If you haven't subscribed yet to Britsburg Going or you're listening to this on the podcast, go over to YouTube and subscribe to Britsburg Going. At Twitter, I am at Britsburg Going on Twitter. And on Facebook, I have my own group, Britsburg Voice from Across the Pond. Again, ask to join that. Guys, I also work for the Pittsburgh Steelers Syndicate as well on um, YouTube as well. It's on the channel worth subscribing from. And my aim with this Britcast, like I said, is to talk about the news, have a main topic, and then talk about some little news news items around it. But also then to record it and put it up onto Anchor and to Spotify as well. So you can have an audio version as well. So if you want to listen on the way to work or whilst you're out running or whilst you're out walking the dog. I, one of the things I love doing is listening to podcasts while I'm out walking the dog um, I love listening to Behind the Steel Curtain, Locked On Steelers, or Steelers Talk with my good friend Noah Strackbean. All those sort of stuff, you know, just to keep in touch with what is going on in Steeler Nation. But guys, you know, we build towards training camp opening on Tuesday. It's going to be a fantastic, you know, countdown to the new season with obviously the training camp starting and the pre-season and then the regular season starting on September the 11th. It's interesting, isn't it, that we kind of wish this time away and uh, <laughs> we wish away the days, we wish away the weeks, we wish away the months. And it, it's quite incredible, isn't it, to wish, wish our lives away uh, so that we can go and watch Steelers football. Well, guys, I'm going to call it a day for there uh, with my first BritCast. Hope you've enjoyed the content. Um, and if, like I said, if you've got any feedback, hit me up at one of those contacts that I gave you uh, a few moments ago. And uh, like I said, please subscribe to Britsburg on YouTube if you have not already done so and ring that bell if you are subscribing on YouTube so that you don't miss any of the fantastic content. Keep checking out the Pittsburgh Steelers Syndicate and Britsburg going for daily videos, daily content dropping um, about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for wherever you've picked this uh, Britcast up from. And I'm going to finish it as I always finish everything that I do with. Here we go, Steelers. Come on.